You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Al, hit it. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage and another episode from everybody's home. Are you there? I'm here. I'm turning into a plant. I'm the guy. I can't get out of the house. Every time I try to, my kids yell at me, I should be staying home. Yeah. Uh, Darren Boss is going to join us from Salem Tires. We're going to talk about uh, it's time to get the uh, winter tires off and the summer tires on. I guess you're doing quite a bit of that already. Exactly. To find the snow. I'd like to say the snow has finally stopped, but it did snow earlier today. Yeah, but uh, it's not going to stick around and the average temperature is over seven. So, hey, if you're sitting around anyways, you might as well come and get your tires done. Yeah, you can sit around Al's place. Only three at a time, though. <laughs> is that right? Really? Well, you got to maintain your social distance. That's right. I'd make them wait in the car. <laughs> Terry O'Keefe from OMVIC is going to join us. Terry is going to be talking about uh, the new laws of uh, regarding dealerships. You can't road test with a customer because obviously it's two people that are not related living in the same dwelling in the same car. So we have a blowback from that. We have some complaints, and so we're going to talk to Terry about that. Uh, Freeman Young is going to be on the air. He's going to talk about the fact that Crown, even though they're closed, will be taking care of their customers, and that Crown is not a normal uh, corporation. It's actually a co-op. And, of course, we're going to be answering listeners' emails. So more of the show right after this. Al, take us out. You know, I'm thinking that maybe we should get new music for when Terry's on. We should get the good, the bad, and the ugly theme, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or the one with the shark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is another edition of Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after these messages. And we have uh, Darren Bosses with us. Darren is obviously with Salem Tires. He's a tire expert. Darren, people aren't driving anywhere, so how does it affect the tire market? Well, it's funny you say people aren't driving anywhere, but when I do actually go out to get my groceries, I see a lot of cars on the road. So I think people are still driving, but definitely not to the degree that they were. So it's definitely affecting the uh, passenger light truck side of the the tire business dramatically. And, and, and according to Kerry Schmidt, the ones you do see are driving twice as fast as they're supposed to. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. Well, I guess the roads are open now. People feel like, oh, I can speed. And I think they're I think they're watching more now, the police. Yeah, well there's there's less ducks out there, so they can they nab every one of them. Exactly, exactly. All right, Darren, we're we're actually getting customers in now. People are doing the change. I mean, they're using that time that they have on their hands, unfortunately, to, to bring their cars in, which you know we're happy about. We do our utmost, yeah. of course, to stay safe and, and clean and uh de-germed so to speak but what i'm finding out already is that because i've been ordering tires and i've been finding out from my suppliers that in fact um you know they are running low as a result of this um what do you suggest people do um well i think depending on the brands as you know most uh, i've read an article just last week i think out of the 
280 or so uh, established factories. I think 70, 75% of them are still closed. And the ones that are actually open are at uh, reduced production. So uh, all, all the dealers can do is basically try every supplier that they have on their books and, and see if they have it. They're, they're still product there. We're still bringing in product uh, on a daily basis. So um, we have no stock outages or anything at this point. So I, I don't foresee that being a major problem. Um, but you know, then again, who knows what the future holds with this. Well, exactly. And, you know, it may be a good suggestion that in, instead of waiting, you know, until July to take your winter tires off, especially, um, I mean, for the most part, you know, when we do change people's tires over, we tell them when we take off the summers or winters for that matters, you know, just how much is tire, how much percentage is left on them. And perhaps it should be time to look for new tires. Um, yeah. So if that's the case, you know, I'd, I'd give your uh, give your garage a call right now. Why wait? No, I, Garrett, I agree. I you agree. have been on for a while and we have a lot of uh, email questions for you. Um, okay. People have been writing in. And so I've been saving them. So here's one of them. One of them is a lady writes in and says, what is a TPMS? And when the light comes on my dash, what do I do? Well, TPMS stands for Tire Pressure Monitoring System. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is, is it's an electronic device that sits behind the valve in the tire that tells the, the car's computer whether the pressure is down um, below 2% of standard operating pressure. Um, so what she should do is basically either bring it to a tire dealer and they can find out where, where the problem is. Um, or in some cases, if she can, uh, take it to a, uh, you know, a self serve station and then just air up the tires to standard, uh, to the pressure that's, uh, listed on the placard or in the manual of the car, uh, that should, uh, make it go away. Is there an issue because the tire has nitrogen in it from factory and, and she's putting regular air in it? Is that, is that an issue? That's not an issue. Like it won't cause any, any issues at all, but, uh, for nitrogen to actually be effective, it's got to be 90, I think it's 98 or 99 percent of the tire has to be nitrogen in it for it to be effective. But uh, you can still put air in to, to bring the pressures up to where you need to. That's not a problem. All right. Okay. Let me just make a quick suggestion, though, because the system is so precise, um, using the, the tire gauge on the machine is nowhere near close enough. Um, so what I would suggest is because in most cases we, we, we have where people think you're just giving it a squirt, but meanwhile, they pushed it five pounds over the other way. Um, right. So that, and that light will stay on. So they are best, you know, they're only, they're less than 20 bucks. You can buy yourself a really good tire gauge at any automotive supply store. Um, because that's what you're going to need. You're going to have to be within two pounds. Otherwise that light's going to stay on. That was the second part of this question was, is it easy to see when my tire pressure is low by looking at the tire? And the answer to that, of course, is no. No. Because (laughs) in most cases, people always come and say, how come my front tires look flat and the back one's not? Uh, Darren, you can answer that one. Yeah, typically, like, uh, especially today with all the the low profile tires, it's uh, they're, it's very difficult to see. It's not like the old tires that were seventy five, eighty five mm-hmm. series with had a big sidewall. You could see the bulge if it was low. The tire pressure has to come down quite dramatically for you to see any effect on most of the tires today. In fact, I find that it's really weird because the light will come on, and the people walk around the car. They'll do the the, the circle check, 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. all the tires look okay. And then they just disregard the light because they think must be something wrong with the dumb computer, you know, because in fact, um, you know, it's, it's down. And, uh, cause in the old days, you know, when you were looking at a tire that was low that you could visibly see, it only had about 10 pounds in it rather than 30, right? Correct. Correct. So uh, the question I would have was, is, so the tire pressure is low. So what is the downside of driving on a low tire? Uh, the major downside is the tire will heat up more based on the lack of pressure. Um, you could have, uh, you know, a blowout or uh, if the pressure remains to, to go down, it'll have, it'll have an issue in our respect. And it's not good for your for your fuel mileage. It's, it, it has a lot to do with the whole handling of the car. So you want to keep your pressures at, uh, at standard pressure for the vehicle. Yeah, they recommend, what, every 30 days to check your tire pressures? Once a month, yes. How many people will do that? Not nobody. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Nobody. <laughs> it's cold out there. I'm not going out there. But Summer there's a difference. 80. Well, that's why, you know, the, the TPMS system, when it is working, is actually quite good. So, you know, if it's a question of whether you should get it fixed or not, you know, it may cost you $100, $150, you know, per sensor. But it is they, they are really good when they work well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Sal, do you sell uh, nitrogen? No. Well, I do, but it's called air. Um, <laughs> well, and, and, and honestly, I mean, you do understand, Dave, you know, you and I were both emissions people at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, the air we breathe is 80% nitrogen to begin with. That's so right, yeah. I don't know. And, and I remember when the machines first came out, they were like five, $6,000 for a machine, and you were supposed to market it as, you know, $5 a tire or something. To, to refill them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not seeing that push anymore on it. So No, it just I, sort of died away. Did, no. Darren, do, do the cars still come with nitrogen in the, as, as OEM? Uh, some do, yes. Um, but as I said in the past, the, the only advantage that I see for nitrogen is, is on race cars. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the cars, you know, because it does run cooler, it doesn't permeate the casing as much. So, um, it, it does show its effects in, in high speed racing, but for the average person on the road, it doesn't really add any value as far as I can see. Other than if you're going to park a car, maybe for a few months, it won't permeate the casing as much as oxygen. But other than that, I don't see any, uh, advantage Definitely. to it. Salem Tire, how do we get in touch with the company? SalemTires.ca. Great website. Great website. There's so much information there. Definitely, and we're uh, always uh, adding to it, so it's it's ever changing. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you, Darren. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, Darren Boston is with Salem Tires, and you, of course, you know he's our tire expert. Uh, we'll be right back right after these messages. We're back with Darren, and uh, there's something interesting I wanted to tell you and discuss with you, Darren, was that I did some research on Salem, and it turns out it was actually started as a proof of concept. There's, correct me if I'm wrong, but the company is called MedMac that actually builds <laughs> tire building machines. Uh, close, but no cigar. It's well, MedMac. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's MedMac. Yes, they, uh, they're a manufacturer of tire building equipment that they yes. sell to all the tire factories. So they started their own factory for proof of concept, like you said, to try it out. And that's where Salem was born. 
Fantastic. I saw in, on the internet, there's, there's one company that has no people in it at all. They just pop the rubber in one end and tires pop out the other end. Yeah, there's a, there's a few factories like that that are uh, very uh, at the forefront of technology. So they have a, you know, very few people actually in the, the factory. They usually have you know, a few guys you know, peppered through the factory, some guys on uh, final inspection, etc., uh, but primarily, it's 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 all done by robots and automated machines. Fascinating. So we have a couple of emails that we wanted to ask you uh, from our listeners. Uh, basically, they're trying to understand what the tire technology is. And one of them writes, I have 205-60R-15 tires on my car. What the hell does that mean? So the 205 is the tread width. The width of the tire in millimeters. Millimeters, yes. Um, the 65 is the sidewall is 65% of that 205 millimeter tread width. So it's an aspect ratio. Aspect ratio, correct. And then there'll be an R in there, which means radial. And then uh, the, the 16 at the end is the rim diameter. So the rim diameter is in inches. Yes. And the other yes. stuff's in, in metric. In millimeters, yeah, yeah. How the hell that happen? I don't know. It's a, I think it's a combination of the way it used to be here in uh, in the U, like not here in the U.S., but in the U.S. and European nomenclature. So they kind of combine the two. So is it in 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 Europe? Do do they have fifteen inch millimeters or their three hundred fifty five millimeter rims or whatever size they are? No, no, they they still have the fifteen inch as far as the rim size. Interesting. And I then think the rim a, manufacturers have stuck with the imperial. All right, so, so to get back was, to the caller's question, so if, if you're going to mitigate or, or change something as far as this tire size, yes. what, what can you do easily as opposed to you can't at all? Um, it, it, it does depend on the car itself and how much gap and space you have in the wheel wells. But mm-hmm. typically, especially um, a lot of cars now are all-wheel drive, you want to stick with the same OD front and back, first off. You don't want to stagger any kind of fitment. Um, you can usually go up marginally. Um, I wouldn't suggest going down. Most people don't want to go down. They, they typically want to go up. So you can, you can go up marginally. So what I would do in that case, I would go to maybe a, a 215, 60, R, mm-hmm. R16. So that would bring your sidewall. It would keep you basically in the same realm as far as the outside diameter, but would give you a little bit bigger, a little bit, uh, larger, uh, smaller sidewall. On the on the vehicle, so you can. Yeah. It's going to ride harder. Yeah, it's going to. It's definitely going to ride harder. It's going to ride harder, right? Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's not going to accept potholes. Yeah, if we hit a pothole yeah. or something like that, you're going to damage something. Yeah, yeah. I I tell people like for the most part, unless you're trying to go for some kind of a look, I would I would just stick with the same size with the OE mm. that the uh, vehicle came with. Well, I still have you. I've got another question for you. What sure. is a run flat tire? And if mine goes flat, can I get it repaired? Uh, run flat tires are tires that uh, can run for a certain uh, amount of distance and uh, speed with no air in the tire. So what they do is when they manufacture the tires, the sidewalls themselves are very thick. The bead and the sidewall area is very thick. So once the air has expelled, that it'll actually still hold the rim up off the ground. You can go up to 80 kilometers an hour for 80 kilometers mm. distance. 
And that's primarily to get people, um, you know, if you're on an interstate or a major highway, you can still continue driving to get off at the next exit, not have to pull over on the side of the road. Do you ever so see us uh, not having air and tires at all? Yeah, like the the examples when they first came out is they would they would take a a, a, a saw hole and actually drill out the a hole in the sidewall, so obviously all the air is expelled and you, and continue on driving on it. Wow. Like I said, the, the the thick sidewalls allows to you know allows it to keep the the rim up off the ground and you continue on driving. But in terms of repairing the tire, just from the uh, the technician's perspective here, uh, you, you want to drive on it as little as possible as opposed to continuing on. Uh, Correct. Because you're still going to be wearing the inside of that tire. And, you know, again, as far as the fix goes, um, if the nail or the puncture is in the tread portion, for the most part, that can be fixed properly. But if it's in the sidewall, you're buying a new tire. And they're expensive Correct. too, yeah. Yeah, they're not cheap. Now, Sam is the only one. You have road hazard warranty, don't you? Yes, we do on some of the models. So if you, in the first 25%, if you have any kind of issues, like you hit something or the tire gets destroyed, um, we'll replace it for free. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah and, it's actually great to have that because, yeah. you know, it's so sad when someone's put new tires on and, you know, a couple of weeks down the road, they've had a puncture, which is so easy. Okay. Al, why don't you take us out? Thank you very much, Darren. How do we get in touch with you? Uh, SalemTires.ca has their dealer locator there and uh, a of information for you. Super. Al, take us home. Exactly. And uh, don't wait too long because supplies are limited. And uh, if you want to get new tires for your car, uh, you better do it right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and I'm Alan Gelman up at Glen Allen Motors, and Dave's at his house, and Terry O'Keefe is here. He's from Omvic. I guess, Terry, are you actually at home? I am. No. Okay. So, okay. Well, we're all being safe. We all have to social You're so excited. Everything. Walls are getting smolder. Oh. Terry, I'm turning into a plant. I keep telling everybody that. Uh, th- <laughs> thankfully, I have my dog here. If you come. <laughs> it's terrible. So it's recently, um, you sent out a bulletin, and it was talking about buying a car remotely online. Mm-hmm. Under the new COVID-19 rules and the, the provincial rules, there are different uh, situations now. So can we sort of go through what you should be looking for? Certainly, certainly. Um as you know, on April 4th, the province ordered uh, dealers closed, uh, except for their, uh, you know, for service and for parts. Um, but there is one exception. Uh, all businesses, and of course, so that includes dealers, can sell uh, re- uh, via online or telecommerce, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite possible for uh, any registered dealer in the province today to continue to sell vehicles online. Okay, but there, there's a problem here. We got a letter from, a, um, what was his name, Michael O'Connor through um, LinkedIn. And Michael writes that buying a car without driving it is almost an impossibility. He says people want to drive the vehicle before they put their money down. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it, as far as the provincial laws are, no two people can be sitting in a vehicle that are not living in the same household. So we have sort of like a catch-22 here. It, well, it, it is, um, and 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 don't get me wrong. Omvik is keenly aware of the impacts this crisis is having on dealers. 
on salespeople and on consumers too. Um, and you know, and and frankly, we're understanding and sympathetic to the writer's concerns uh, and and his position. Um, but what you have to understand is that the emergency order it, first, Ombud didn't create the emergency order; the province did, and it created it to save lives. Uh, and so when we are asked the question, well, can dealers still do test drives? Ombud has to interpret the emergency order. And the emergency order basically said dealerships have been ordered closed except to do online sales and provide delivery of the product to an online purchaser. I'll be very honest. That was not the answer Ombud wanted to give. But with the current emergency order in place, it was the right answer that we had to give. Mm -hmm. Um, And frankly, particularly in light of the dozens of other questions that Ombud gets (laughs) daily um, from registrants that are trying to find, uh, frankly, workarounds around the emergency order. And, you know, it's our position that the, the order is not meant to be skirted. It's not meant to be worked around. It's meant to protect Ontarians. And, and, and you know, Dave, never in, in our history have individuals, have car dealers, even regulators, faced this kind of uncertainty. These are really are, I know we've all heard this term so many times, but they are unprecedented times uh, with rapidly changing circumstances that, that affect everyone. We know no business wants to be ordered closed. No employee wants to be laid off. Um, you know, in a modest effort to try and assist, we've actually launched an online campaign to educate consumers that they can buy a vehicle online. And if they buy the car online from a registered dealer, that's how they're protected. And we are evaluating what, if any other steps, can be taken to assist registrants, you know, during this pandemic. Um, I guess, but what I have to say is that in the meantime, we have to continue to meet our mandate and fulfill our role as a regulator uh, because Ontarians deserve that from us. Okay. I have one, a couple of comments. One is, are you driving business to the curbsiders who, who aren't basically following any rules at all? So if I'm looking for a vehicle and I can't buy it for a dealer by road testing it, I'm just going to go to a curbsider who's advertising in the, in the on the internet. So glad that you asked that. We our investigators are still working. We know curbsiders are working too, and so our enforcement uh, around uh, curbsiding has not stopped. And uh, and we I mentioned the online campaign that we've launched, letting consumers know about uh, you know that they can buy a car online. We've launched another online advertising campaign to educate consumers about the dangers curbsiders pose. Because at the end of the day, remember, it is not Omvik who has ordered these dealerships closed. But as the regulator, we have to fulfill our mandate. And so we're doing everything we can to assist and to continue to educate consumers about how to buy a car during these very difficult days. All right, Terry, we do have to take a break now, and um, we're going to get back to some of these points right after this. Stay tuned. This is Base Corner Garage. All right, we're back. We have Terry Keith on the phone. He's from OMVIC, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. He's the guy that helps us. Uh, or he, he keeps everybody in line when it comes to buying new and used cars. So, Terry, we talked about, you know, because of the COVID COVID situation right now, people, you know, car dealerships are closed per se, um, but you can buy vehicles online. 
And of course, we suggested that people buy them from dealers rather than curbsiders who apparently are still able to somehow sell cars. Um, but unfortunately, we all know that there's no protection when you buy one from some of these people. Now, again, so getting back to the, uh, the COVID-19 situation, um, people, it's going to be difficult for people to, you know, drive cars or go for a test drive. How, how, how is there any safety or what precautions are there to, to help them? If it turns out, for example, they find out a few days later that this really wasn't the right car or it's got issues. Right. And that, and that is an, Excellent question. That's why people want to do test drives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a number of things that we would suggest, and we've actually created on our website a, a list of tips for consumers who are thinking about buying a vehicle online. And I encourage people to read it. There's 13 tips there. Um, but I think some of the most important ones um, have a really thorough conversation with the salesperson. Make sure that you understand uh, you know, what the contract says. Review it. Uh, have them have them email it to you and review it with them. You know, do it via video conference. Um, hopefully, the dealer can share all kinds of pictures with you about what the vehicle looks like. Uh, the other thing, of course, the dealer. If you have a trade in, you know, the dealer wants to appraise your trade in, so they might want to do a video conference with the consumer, saying, "Okay, so walk me around your car. Show me this. Show me that. Is that a rust spot? I see. Show me that." And so it, there really is a lot of technology that is being used by consumers and dealers today who want to conduct business this way. But specific to your question about how do you make sure the car, you know, uh, is going to be suitable and, and it's as represented to you when you can't test drive it, ask the dealer to provide you with a written contract cancellation period, whether it's seven days or seven kilometers, or if it, maybe if it's a new car, you don't need that much time, you know, three days or 300 kilometers. Um, but it gives you a chance to physically inspect the vehicle, to drive it. Uh, if it's a used vehicle, it gives you an opportunity to take it for a mechanical inspection. Of course. Uh, and that's particularly important if the manufacturer's warranty is canceled. And, and, and so it, it gives you that opportunity to do that inspection, to make sure the vehicle is, is suitable, to make sure it's as represented. Uh, and, it, and it eliminates the risk of buying that vehicle basically sight unseen. Now, should it specify in terms of, you know, what I can, if I bring the car back, um, am I going to get a full refund or are they going to just try to push me into another vehicle? Absolutely. And so that all of that should be spelled out. And that is a point, that is a point of negotiation between the customer and the dealer. And there are actually actually dealers who operate that way as as part of their regular business. It's not just something that you're doing because of COVID. They operate that way normally, but it's certainly, I wouldn't say that it's common. Terry, I'm just as I throw this out there, but would a workaround be is you drop the car off at the guy's house, you know, for the day and you bring it back, you pick it up next day? Well, that sounds like a test drive. Yeah, but you're not in the car with him. You just leave it. But you were ordered closed. Oh, I see. see. This is the problem that we're having. We we are left to try and interpret this this emergency order. Dealerships are ordered closed. So what is okay and what isn't okay? And this is Ombic's interpretation of, of, of this emergency order, which, as you know, we talked about already, is designed to save lives. And, uh, and, and so up until dealers were removed, originally dealers were on the essential workplace yes, list. That's right. And so when they were, test drives, in Ombic's opinion, were allowed. But when they were removed from the essentials workplace list and ordered closed, 
Uh, well, how do, it, it's very difficult to understand how a business that is ordered closed is able to provide test drives to someone. And it just it seems to it seems to to you know to omit to breach the spirit and the intent of that emergency order. So, All right, Terry, I just I just want to go back quickly. You were talking about you know what you need to worry about if your mechanic if the mechanics um, sorry if the manufacturer's warranty is expired, and that mm-hmm. leads us to a question that we've had from one of our listeners. His name is Doug, and he's been seeing you know uh, let's call it a you know after. Uh, an extended warranty to cover what the original manufacturer doesn't. Um, there are things that you have to know about these companies, of course. Now, and and if if someone buys that extended warranty company policy from the used car dealer, is there coverage that Omvic insists upon? There is. So, if a registered dealer sells a uh, an extended warranty, and we're not mm-hmm. talking about like we're not talking about a manufacturer's extended warranty, we're talking about a third party warranty. Right. Then the the warranty has to be insured, or mm-hmm. it has to be backed by a letter of credit provided by the dealership. Um, so when you buy that warranty from a registered dealer, you know that it's one of those two things that there is some financial backing at least to it. Um, I don't know if what Doug is referencing, and I've seen ads for them. These are actually warranty companies that are advertising on TV, and anyone with a car can simply buy it. You mm-hmm. uh, deal directly with the warranty company. You're not buying it through a dealer. And that is certainly, if you were buying a product like that, that is one that you would really, really want to do some research on to find out, is it insured? How is it back? How, how, how are you going to be protected? Those are really important questions to ask. So basically, right, so if you bought it through a dealer, uh, it's protected. If you bought it directly, he's on his own. Well, if you buy it from a dealer, the dealer can only sell a, a warranty that is backed financially. Right. Okay. Um, but if you buy an extended warranty yourself, not through a dealer from whatever company, you're going to have to do that research yourself. Interesting. You know, in the garage business, we've always had bad luck with third-party uh, insurers. You know, we, the garage usually eats up their, their repair. You know, there are some good ones out there, but it's important that people do their homework. You know, look online, see how companies have reacted. Have people been able to make claims or have they been stuck? We got to thank Terry O'Keefe from Omvic for joining us today. Terry, thank you very much. Thank you all. And to you and all your listeners, keep well. And uh, with the website for those buying tips? Omvic.ca. There you go. Short and sweet. O-M-V-I-C dot C-A. Thanks very much again, Terry. Have yourself a safe weekend. My pleasure, you too. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after these messages. Dom is on the phone from Dom's Auto Recycling. He's one of these auto records that will take your vehicle as a donation and uh, refund the money, whatever they get, I guess, to Abuse Hertz. Good morning, Dom. How are you? Morning, Dave. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Great. Used to be called a junkyard, but not anymore. It's a recycling center. Yes, sir. We don't call them junkyards anymore. And you don't, and, sure. and you don't have dogs. You know, what happened? I used to be <laughs> junkyard dogs would be. Yeah, insurance liabilities. They don't let us have dogs anymore, Dave. Well, it really, you know, the whole, the whole recycling business has changed, obviously. I mean, like Dave said, we used to call them junkyards or wrecking yards, but what, what, what's brought on these changes and why did you have to go through them? Well, and I mean, the last 10 or 20 years uh, with uh, the environment and many people spending more time 
watching and being careful how we treat our environment. Our mm-hmm. industry is, is, is the same. And mm-hmm. we've been recycling for, you know, 50, 60 years. We're the original recyclers, let, let's say, before recycling was, was a fad, you know? Well, exactly. Like we used to, you know, people talk about rebuild units, you know, uh, water pumps, starters, alternators, all that stuff was rebuilt 100 years ago. Yep, right. rebuilt. We reuse our product. Uh, the product that's not reused gets sent out for rebuilding. Uh, different metals are, are, are used for, uh, um, you know, aluminum and steel and whatever you're into. And that's where our reuse and reuse uh, comes from, yeah. I guess in the old days, for the most part, you know, the cars, for the, you know, unless there was something really good on them, they went into the crusher. But it sounds to me like you're dismantling a lot more cars these days. Yeah, well, at our place, we kind of have twofold. We, we, we service the mechanical and body shop industry from one office, mm-hmm. uh, walk in, full serve people come into that office. And the other end of our business is a self serve U pull, mm-hmm. which is very popular. Cheap parts, people come in and pull their own parts. That's kind of the old school style of our business that we've been doing for a lot of years, and people love it. And the people, and how does it work? How do they pay for these parts? Well, we have a parts menu, we call it. Mm-hmm. So each part has a particular price so every alternator every mirror is one price people mm-hmm. come in they pull it off they pay that one low price and like i say people love it i run into people uh that that come out to our place 20 30 40 years ago with their parents yeah. to get parts and they remember as kids coming out with their dad and their toolboxes to get their own parts and uh, they have fond memories of that uh, that business dom you accept end-of-life vehicles for abuse hurts how does that system work we do. Well, um, we, we, we met Ellen um, and, and her staff um, a couple of years ago, and they're great people and do great things mm-hmm. for the community. Um, and we figured this was a, a great tie-in to try and get people to bring their cars in to be res- uh, re- uh, recycled responsibly and in turn help out uh, the Abuse Hurts program. So we make sure that a good chunk of, of uh, the funds that come from these donated vehicles go back to Ellen and, and her people so they can do all those wonderful things they do for uh, their our community right through Ontario. If I want to donate my car to Abuse Hertz, I phone Abuse Hertz or I phone you, or how does it, how does it happen? No, best to call direct to the Abuse Hertz uh, uh, 800 number, which uh, you've passed out. Yes. Speak with the girls there. You can go online and access it through the Abuse Hertz website as well and fill out the online form, and it'll get distributed to the right area for the recycler in, in your area, and then we'll uh, call and arrange to have that car picked up. And the big big thing about this whole program is not only you help the abuse hurts program but you're making sure your vehicle is being recycled properly not by some backyarder or uh, somebody mm-hmm. who's not going to handle that car the way they should now what can, what do they need for paperwork the ownership i guess signed off yeah you need the ownership and we'll get that and the keys when we pick the car up you sign the back of your ownership and uh there's a form that gets filled out and signed and that gets processed and and uh, you'll get your tax receipt uh following uh pickup from uh, the abuse office well, that, that ruins my plan. You know, I got a neighbor who always parks half on my driveway, and I wanted to get his car just taken away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get his ownership, though. I, I think that'll be hard to come by. Do you get sometimes cars that are they're more valuable and they're not recyclable, like they're actually worthwhile to resell? Well, we do do that, yeah. We've had some nice pieces come through, and, and when they're of higher value, we take a look at the higher value ones, and we, we pay more money for them, and that in turn sends more money back to the abuse. Yeah, uh, but at the program. same time, had, but they, they get part of... For- 
They get parted out, though, don't they? No. Yeah, most of them get parted out. There's the odd one that uh, have a higher value. Well, we might pay a thousand or two thousand uh, dollars to the abuse hurts program on the higher value ones. But for the most part, these cars are all being put out for parts and eventually mm-hmm. recycling and scrap. Yes. You know, I've seen some of them at the auto auction, which were of this caliber, and it's because they just lost their license. They got near seventy-five or eighty years old, and they just wanted to get rid of the car. So it was a nice way to get a good tax receipt. It is, exactly. Does it make a difference how old or what kind of condition the car is in, or you, you'll take anything? No, I didn't, we'll take anything. We put a number on the car based on the size. So mm-hmm. the smaller, lighter weight cars are less value, and the bigger they get, the more value uh, they produce. All right, yeah. I just want to give out the phone number quickly to abuse Hertz. It's one eight five five two three four five six seven seven. Again, one eight five five. Two three four five six seven seven. Or abusehurst.ca. Dom, thank you very much for taking time. Well, hang on, hang on. Dom, Yeah. if we want to get some parts from your joint, where are you and what's the number? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're at 1604 Baseline Road in Curtis, just outside of Oshawa. The number is 416-222-7430. And uh, we're open seven days a week at the U-Pole, and everybody's welcome. And, uh, and, of course, if you've got a shop in the GTA, you deliver, correct? You got it. All right, super. Thanks very much, Tom. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. Okay. You know, one of the advantages of this program is you get to talk to the people who actually run the industry. And today we're with Freeman Young from Crown, Crown with a K. Hi, Freeman. How are you? Great, Dave. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. Well, you know, Freeman is the CEO of the corporation, but it's not really a corporation. It's a a co-op. Dealer-owned co-op, Dave, and it's a little unique in the automotive industry. Each one of our shop owners owns one share in the head office, and what that does is it helps them to control the policies and and the way the companies run. But more importantly, it makes them a lot more responsible to the consumer who's buying in their store or their garage. If they actually feel that they have control of the company and it's actually making a difference in their income, they want to make sure that company does well so their customers have to be taken care of well above average. And you have an annual meetings with these people. It's not just on paper. You actually bring them in and talk about what's going on. Yeah, we we vote on everything we do, the advertising we do. We vote on the cost of the products as we sell them to them. In fact, probably in our industry, this would be fairly unique. We have had one price increase to our dealers in 30 years in the business. Wow. Yeah. My job is to keep the costs down and try to improve the quality of what we're doing and give the consumer the best possible service. And we actually, to hit that number, you really have to work hard to keep costs down. You do. You know what we do? We keep growing the company. Ah. If you if you split it over a wider base and you're doing more work and you're making a certain profit on each barrel, obviously each, each car that's sprayed, you make some money on it. So if you do more cars and more cars and more cars, you can keep your costs down or you can simply increase costs and do less. Let's just quickly talk about the product. It's morphed over the years. It hasn't been the same product you started with 30 years ago. Oh, absolutely not. We, we saw the standards in the industry 30 years ago and we used those as a basis to build our product. We said, okay, what's the best product in the market? We went out and did our own research and we utilized also at the time was Ontario Research Foundation mm-hmm. uh, and we used some of their chemists and our own chemists and we came up with a product that was better than anything else that was in the market. That was 30 years ago. We've probably had five or six changes in the product since then, but there's no such thing as new and improved tide in the automotive industry. Mm. You, you just make sure basically that you're bringing the best chemistry, the safest chemistry. Like one thing we do, Dave, that a lot of people don't realize, every product we use is environmentally friendly or 
or environmentally safe. Now, it's cheaper to use products that have solvents in them and that don't have that characteristic of being environmentally friendly. But we feel in the long run, if we do our part, if we're good corporate citizens, take care of our customers well, we deliver the best and cleanest products in the industry, we'll be rewarded by consumer loyalty. And and we find that well over 80% of our customers return every year to our center. So it's working. Now, one thing we should talk about is that you're spraying a vehicle, but 30 years ago, it was constructed out of different materials than it is today. Yeah, totally different. So you're changing continually, right, to stay up with the with trends? Yeah, you have to. Like, you know, we're seeing electronic devices on vehicles today. So one of the things about a product like ours that has to be sprayed, it has to have a dielectric strength that will not interfere uh-huh. with electronics and yet still protect them. So that made a change in the product. Interesting. Now, let's quickly talk about you're expanding into the U.S. Yeah. and you're looking for, for people to get involved with you. Yeah, we're looking for what I like to consider, and you might smile at this, above average people. Right. There's there's tons of mechanics out there, and there's tons of graduates, a lot of good people. But what we want is we want people who really see the value in servicing customers. And so we could expand a lot more quickly. We've had a number of people say, well, you could have more shops in America than you do in Canada. I said, you're absolutely right. But we want to service those shops properly. And we want people who have a vested interest in really taking care of customers long-term. Sort of a love for the product, a love for the customer. Yeah. You know, Dave, here's something that, you know, probably a lot of guys wouldn't think about. We have guys that have been coming into our shop for 30 years getting their car sprayed. Same customer. Came 1986 and they've come in 2016. So you build a relationship with people like that and you have to have an owner who has a desire to have a relationship with their customer. How do people get in touch with Crown? It's Crown Body Maintenance. Yeah, so www.crown.com on the uh, on the internet. And if you want to make a phone call, 1-800-267 and then 5744. And that works Canada and the United States. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard not to find us now, Dave. I li- I'm happy to say we're everywhere. <laughs> I love it. Crown is uh, one of our sponsors, been with us for years, which I thank you for. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to Freeman because he's straight up. That's what the company is. It's straight up. This has been On the Road with Dave Redinger and again, Mr. Freeman Young from Crown. Crown with a K, by the way. Okay, we're back and uh, Steve's got a story to tell you about some friends of his that got pulled over by the OPP. Fascinating story. Steve, tell us the story. And they're uh, they're still friends. Uh, so like, <laughs> there's there's a, there's a lot of talk going on, and you whether you're seeing it on TV or you're reading it online about if you go to your cottage, even if you don't take anybody else's food, just your own, that you'll be fine. Well, friends of ours who live a little north of the city were simply going like they're in Aurora, so they were going simply from Aurora up to see their family uh, and keeping social distancing aware uh, up in Collingwood. So they're about halfway up on the highway, and uh, this little red light goes on. They got pulled over by the uh, by the OPP, and um, there were three people in the car. Two, obviously, were a married couple. And the other person in the car was their son, who lives downstairs in their house. And the officer said, where are you going? He said, we're going to go visit some family in Collingwood. Um, no, you can't do that. Uh I can't get into exactly what they said because it got a little colorful, but um, they were each given a ticket for $750. So 
If you're thinking about going to your cottage, even if you have your own food, don't bother. And the other story that we found out is that if you go to a cottage, say it's in Peterborough, and you're going there, but you don't have any food, you got to go to the grocery store. Say you go to a store, say it's a Sobe store, whatever. As you're lining up to go in, which we're all getting used to, like being in school, before you go to the store, they're going to ask you for your ID. And if you're not from, in this case, Peterborough, they're not going to allow you to shop in the store. So it's real out there, everybody. You know, stay home. Don't go to your cottage. Hopefully, if we all get our poop together and listen, this will, you know, ease up a bit and we can get a bit of summer going on. But uh, it's for real what's going on there with, uh, with getting tickets. So if you get pulled over, just tell them you're selling them the car. Only you. Okay, you do. You go ahead and try that. And if it works, you can write a book. <laughs> I'm hearing the Happy Trail song in the background. Yes, time to go home. Oh, you are home. home. Drive safe. <laughs> bye bye. Who cares about the clouds and where to get This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.